don't let me forget the offering. Today's not one of those days where the Lord didn't say, okay? We've been doing a series called Giving the Heart of Christmas. I have been overwhelmed as I've read through the book of Luke the miraculous that God has presented throughout the scripture. If you're like me, scary thought, but if you're like me, we have a tendency to look at the Christmas story and we see this humble, insignificant couple giving birth to a baby in a very humble, insignificant place. We have the donkey in mind, the long ride as the census was taken and Joseph and Mary making their journey. And if we're not careful, in the midst of the simplicity of the Christmas story, we can miss the awesomeness of the miraculous in the Christmas story. And that's been my motivation over the last several weeks giving the heart of Christmas to expose to us the many times, places, and ways that God has shown himself to be miraculous and that this was not meant to be an ordinary story, but to be a very extraordinary story for a very extraordinary change in history. How many can say amen to that? Amen. Amen. Worship team, you may be dismissed. Luke chapter 1, 39. At that time, I don't know about you, when I, when I read scriptures and I read words like that, at that time, what does that mean, at that time? I think of weird things when I read scripture. I mean, those words just kind of stick me. I'm going, what do you mean at that time? It, was it like 333 or was it that time of year? Was it and the previous verses, Mary just gets done being exposed to angelic visitation and she says these words, may it be to me as you have said. Verse 39, at that time. Now, man has taken Scripture and put the verses and chapters and all that stuff. That's not something that's inspired of God. So we could almost read this as one continuous thought here that Mary says, May it be to me as you have said. And at that time, Mary, God bless you, Mary got up and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judah where she entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. As you remember, Elizabeth uh, is a relative and was told, Mary was told that Elizabeth, who we heard last week was barren, and she was uh, well up in years. Uh, she was an old lady. And now her disgrace has been lifted, as it would be in the culture anyway, and she is, she is pregnant, and Mary is going to visit her. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb, And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit in a loud voice. She exclaimed, 
Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? And as soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that what the Lord has said to her will be accomplished. And then Mary breaks into this song. Listen to Mary's song. My soul glorifies the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. For he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. There's the three parts of our body, the soul, spirit, and body. My soul glorifies, my spirit rejoices in my humble flesh, my condition, my exterior, which is is not much to speak of. For now all generations will call me blessed. Any ladies like to have that said of you? For the Mighty One has done great things for me. Holy is his name. His mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. He has performed mighty deeds with his arms. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble, and he has filled the hungry with good things, but has sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever. Even as he said to our fathers, Mary stayed with Elizabeth for about three months and then returned home. How how far along was Elizabeth when Mary showed up? How many? Six months. And she stayed with her three months. I read that and I say, Mary, you, you left early. You didn't get to see the baby uh, of all times to leave. She's nine months pregnant. Verse 57. When it was time for Elizabeth to have her baby, she gave birth to a son. Her neighbors and relatives heard that the Lord had shown her great mercy and they shared her joy. Isn't that awesome? Can you imagine all the old ladies in the community? so exciting you're pregnant yeah good for you to say on the eighth day they came to circumcise the child and they were going to name him after his father Zechariah I don't know the truth of this but I think when our children were little they, they talked about that eighth day being like the ideal day for a child to be circumcised I don't know if it was like the least amount of pain could be happening something significant about the eighth day but in scripture it's always the eighth day when someone's circumcised just a side note but his mother spoke up and said no he is to be called John which means the Lord is gracious And they said to her, there is no one among your relatives who has the name John. And then they made signs to his father to find out what he would like to name the child. And he asked for a a post-it note and he got out his big pen and everyone was astonished as he wrote, his name is John. Immediately... His mouth was opened and his tongue was loosed and he began to speak praising God. That's a great way to start speaking, isn't it? 
The neighbors will all, were all filled with awe, and throughout the hill country of Judea, people were talking about these things. Everyone who heard this wondered about it, asking, what then is this child going to be? For the Lord's hand was with him. I love that last statement. What kind of child is this to be? For the Lord's hand is with him. There was a prophetic word spoken over my, my daughter who we thought was going to be a boy prior to her being born. And I really felt that the Lord had an incredible destiny because of the prophetic word and the sense that my wife and I had in our spirit over who we know now as Alyssa. And at her birth, the story most of you know, uh, she was born dead, and I delivered her on the curb of the hospital, uh, at the hospital in the front seat of our car, and uh, doctors and nurses worked on her for an extended period of time and knew that there had to be some serious brain damage because of the amount of time she was without oxygen. My wife and I, I'm kneeling on the curb, my wife's still in the front seat of the car, and praying that the Lord's will would be accomplished for this child we felt had destiny on it. See, in the spirit realm, when God speaks destiny over an individual, there's, some, there's a sound that goes into the spirit realm. There's a sound that's released in the spirit realm. And because it's a spirit realm, demonic spirits hear the sound equally that's being proclaimed. And if you don't believe that, you look at the story of Jesus and how Jesus' life was demonically tried to be destroyed on multiple occasions. This, this spirit realm of demonic forces were invading this destiny upon Jesus' life. And as my wife and I began to pray, having that sense of destiny upon our daughter, uh, the Lord miraculously healed her. And doctors testified to us, the statement sounded something like this, we don't know what happened we were working feverishly, but all of a sudden, it was like a light switch came on. Your daughter had life in her body. Color came back, and she began to cry because God had destiny. And, and I prophesy over you, Alyssa, today that you haven't even begun to scratch the destiny the Lord has for you. And this child has a destiny that's in your womb as well. Come on, would you join me in releasing that destiny? We just release that destiny, God. Every plan of the enemy, you are dismantled. When you speak cursing, the scripture says it'll only bring blessing. So we speak over blessing in her life, in Jesus' name. Speak blessing. 
blessing and the favor of the Lord. The favor of the Lord. The favor of the Lord. In our story, the last several weeks as well as today, the scripture that we read, God is is changing the natural order of things to let us know that he's up to something really big. When God takes ladies who are well along in years and opens their womb to give birth to a child so that his only message would be repent for the kingdom of God is at hand and his ultimate on the center stage statement as the lights come on to John is this statement that he points a finger and he says, Behold, the Lamb of God takes away the sin of the world. God changed the order of things so that one man would be born and raised to speak that final word on the stage of humanity. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. That's a lot of radical changing just to have one guy raised up to speak. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. But God was making a big deal over something his son was coming, the creator of the universe, the one who existed outside of everything you and I know as physical. He existed outside of that. He created that, spoke that into existence, and yet he humbled himself. I, every time I say this, I see this massive funnel with a huge top on it that I can't even see the brim on either side. I think of God taking all of who he is and coming into a funnel and coming down into a tiny of the tiniest of human form, a baby. Not a nine-month baby, but a little seed. How will this happen, Mary said, for I am not married. She was saying, I have not had relationship with a man. How can this miracle happen in me? And God said that the power of the Most High will overshadow you. What what messes me up is nowhere in this story do we have an account where Mary says, and I was laying in bed one night and I felt the power of God come. We don't have that, that encounter, but I wonder if Mary knew the time and the moment when the power of the Most High came over her and overshadowed her. And she conceived this miracle child in her womb. God was up to something big. From opening a barren womb to sending visiting angels to muting Zechariah in his priestly duties to naming individuals who had destiny on their life and then ultimately being born of a virgin to just name a few of the big things that he's doing in our story. And I want to quickly point out three things today, three more things that are given to us to make this Christmas story so awesome. Giving, 
the heart of Christmas. The first thing is, a song of praise was given. We read it in verses 45 to 56. It's, it's known as the Magnificat. The word Magnificat can either mean utterance of praise or in the Hebrew it's generally the very first word in a, a hymn or a song that is the Magnificat. It's the thing that sets the tone for the rest of the song. It's that one sound, it's that one word that, that goes forth and, and, and awakens everybody to something that's going to happen. It's, it's like when Jane starts to play something on the keyboard. There's that sound and we know, oh, it's that song we're going to sing. It's the Magnificat that Mary is about to sing here. It's similar to the one that Hannah uh, sang in 1 Samuel when her and Elkina were equally given a promised child. As you remember, Hannah was barren and she prayed, Lord, I want to have a child. And, and, and certain, sure enough, uh, the Lord sent an angel to Hannah and she, she herself was told that she was going to have a child and the child was born. And she, she prayed there in the temple one day and Eli, the priest, thought she was drunk because her lips were moving but no sound was coming out of her voice and she was crying out to the Lord that he would break this womb open and, and break the curse of barrenness and send a child and he did. And as we know the story, she gave Samuel back to the Lord and he, he lived in the temple with Eli. So the story that we hear in the song we hear in 1 Samuel is similar to the same thing that we hear Mary who breaks into this song. Mary is overjoyed, as you can imagine. Put yourself in Mary's shoes. All that's happened in her life up to this point with angelic visitation, her conversations with Joseph, with the messing up of culture like, it can't be, this has never happened before, and the, the shame that must have been on Mary's life because here's this teenage girl who's pregnant, and in that culture she should have been stoned, and so everything's getting messed up, it's getting blurry, it's getting confused, and, and then she goes to Elizabeth's house, and she says, hey Elizabeth, how you doing? And Elizabeth freaks out, the baby leaps inside, and Elizabeth goes into this little spiel of her own, exclaiming about how awesome it is that, that the Son of God's mother would come and greet me. Wow, what favor, Elizabeth says, that I could have such greeting here at my home. And then Mary is just overwhelmed. Ladies, try to put yourself in Elizabeth's shoes, in Mary's shoes, excuse me. At this point, she has got to be overwhelmed. Is it any wonder that she breaks into such song? Is it any wonder that she starts exclaiming the greatness of God, that my spirit and my soul are just weeping and just crying out, exalting who you are, almighty God? Elizabeth's statement to Mary in verse 45 says, Blessed is she who has believed that what the Lord has said to her will be accomplished. Blessed is he who has heard what the Lord said and believes that. And that's just kind of a statement we can look over. But ladies, again, put yourself in Mary's shoes. Believing what the angel said, that you are going to give, give birth to a child and never having been with an individual. I was in the shower this morning, and how many hear from God in the shower? There's something about the cleanliness of a shower. God likes that sacred place. I was in the shower this morning and I woke up singing, Oh, love of God, how rich and pure, how marvelous and strong. And as I was singing that song in the shower, I remembered that 
the thought came to me, that's my dad's favorite song. And I started thinking in light of the words of the song about my dad, and the Holy Spirit dropped this line so clear, it was crystal into my ears this morning. And the Holy Spirit said, you can tell a lot about a person's soul by the song they sing. You can tell a lot about a person's soul by the song they sing. You see, if you've had a lot of brokenness and you've had a lot of forgiveness and a lot of restoration, your song is going to sound a little different than the one who's had a silver spoon and known God all of his life. Mary's song is representative of who she is. This song of praise that Mary uttered for us gives us a pattern to follow. Because when the Lord gives us a word that changes our life, how are you going to respond to that? The Lord had given Mary a word through the angels and through various other people who confirmed what the angel was saying, such as Elizabeth. But Mary immediately points to God as the source of joy. And if we look to any other source, we're going to be disappointed. He's the only one that can bring balance to our life. And if need be, he can completely change the order of things to make that happen, as he proved to be the case with Mary. And I want to say that in Luke chapter 11, you know, Mary says that I'm blessed. But Luke chapter 11, if you go there, we have Jesus in his latter years of ministry, and a woman sees Jesus, and she, in the crowd, she yells out, Blessed is the woman who carried you. I want you to hear Jesus' words after that. Jesus doesn't say, yes, she is blessed. Listen to what he says. Blessed rather are those who hear the word of God and obey it. See, it was never to be about Mary. It was to be about the obedience to the word of God. For us today, for you and I, what that means is that as blessed as Mary felt, you and I can stand here today and feel equally blessed because we heard and obeyed the word of the Lord in your life, in my life, in our life as a congregation. We heard it and we obeyed it. Look to your neighbor and say, you're blessed this morning. A song of praise was given. Secondly, a son of promise was given. This man, John, was prophesied long before Zechariah and Elizabeth ever knew each other. In fact, hundreds of years prior, Isaiah and Malachi prophesy of one who would come and prepare the way of the Lord in Isaiah 40 and Malachi 3. And now the angel Gabriel has promised in verse 13 when he said to Elizabeth, your wife, or to Zechariah, your wife Elizabeth will, 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 will bear a son. I love that word will. There's no doubt about that, is there? He, she will bear a son. 
before every move of God, before every major move of God, the Holy Spirit moves upon people to proclaim the good news of the kingdom. And he says to us that in the last days, I will pour my spirit out on all flesh. The spirit of God was poured out upon Elizabeth. Yay, that's awesome, that's glad, but don't disconnect yourself from the story. It wasn't just about Elizabeth. It was about God invading planet earth with his kingdom. And in the last day, he says, I'm going to pour my spirit on all flesh. He said that your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams, mainly because we do so much sleeping when we get old. And the young men will see visions. So I say to you today, CLC, hear the word of the Lord. Get ready. God's about to use you and to usher in one of the greatest moves of God upon this world. You are sons and daughters of promise. So go and prepare the way of the Lord. Thus saith God to you this morning. Wherever you place your feet, proclaim the kingdom of God. Release the power of God in your life and in others' lives. Raise the dead, heal the sick, open blinded eyes. Release his kingdom. I speak that over you today. And lastly, there's a sound of prophetic praise was given. Verses 60, verse 64, Zechariah prophesied of the Savior and his son. The Savior would set us free from the enemy, he said, and John would point people to the Savior. Let me finish by saying this. Praise awakens our spirit to the Holy Spirit. Zechariah began to praise the Lord. He began to see and understand as soon as his lips were opened, the first thing that came out of his mouth was praise to Almighty God. Some of you in the natural, uh, maybe let me change that, not natural as in physically you can't speak, but some of you in the natural have been muted by the enemy. I want to just say to you, Ginger, today, the Lord has let your tongue loose. As T.D. Jake says, be loosed, woman. Woman, be thou loosed. Some of you have been timid in the things of the Lord. You have been shy and backward in the things of the Lord. And that word was spoken as well this morning here in our prayer time. The Lord wants you to raise up. He wants you to square your shoulders. He wants you to find your spiritual voice and begin to proclaim the things of God. Now is the day. Today is the day. This is the season where the people of God begin to do the things of God in the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Praise awakens our spirit to the Holy Spirit because praise changes the atmosphere for God's power to be released. I said praise changes the atmosphere for God's power to be released. If you notice in this place, when we corporately praise, oh, there's a great measure of power that gets released. And so when, let, 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 me, let me just say something that's going to sound harsh this morning. 
but hear my heart behind it. When you come into this room and there is a spirit or an atmosphere of praise, don't you dare come through those doors and quench what the Spirit of God's doing. You are changing the atmosphere coming through that door and talking anything but the presence of the Lord is changing the atmosphere. What you're doing is you're, you're being disrespectful to the Holy Spirit. You come through that door and you're oblivious that there are people getting ministered to and touched because we've had to work at getting the presence of God here. We've had to humble our hearts. We've had to call upon the Lord. We've had to open ourselves up and yield ourselves to him. And you come waltzing in talking about the Redskins. Who cares? Or the weather. Who cares? It's going to change. Get over it. Soon it'll be sunny and you'll be complaining because it's too hot. But when you step through those doors, hear my heart this morning. Listen, if we really want God's presence, I am hungry. I am hungry for God's hashabakaya I am hungry for God's glory to manifest physically in this place. And I plead with you, please, don't hinder that atmosphere. If you want to talk about anything other than the presence of God, stay in the lobby. It's okay. I don't care if you stay out there all service. You're not going to offend me. Whatever you do, do not offend the Holy Spirit. Would you stand with me this morning? You're bearing witness with anything I've said this morning. We just stretch your hands toward heaven and say, God, that's, that's me. I am blessed today. I do have your kingdom. I do have your kingdom in mind. I do have your best interest in mind, Lord God. I want to be responsible for creating an atmosphere where you're, you're welcomed, where you're cherished, where you're exalted, where you're lifted up, where you're praised, God. I want to be responsible, Lord. I want to steward your presence well in this place. And I want to steward your presence well in my life and at, at the workplace and when I'm driving down the road and when I'm in the grocery store. I want your presence to be stewarded well in my life, God. And Lord, I pray that you'd Put a song of praise in the shower. Put a song of praise in the grocery line. Put a song of praise at the red light where the neighbor looks over in the other car and says, what's going on over there? And the presence of God goes through the glass and begins to minister to their lives. The power of God begins to touch their lives. And Lord, as we saw this last Saturday, there was a young man who was driving by and he saw all the cars and the Holy Spirit just captured his heart and drew him in here. And we were able to pray and release the kingdom of God over his life. Lord, give us many of those kind of situations, God, day after day, week after week. Lord, we want to live in your kingdom. We want to exercise your kingdom. We want to experience your kingdom. We want to walk in your kingdom. We want to release your kingdom, God. 
As our hands were anointed today, come on, lift. If your hands were anointed this morning, lift your hands toward heaven, the palm of your hand, and say, God, see, they're anointed because I want your kingdom, and I want to steward your kingdom. I want to release your kingdom, God. Release your kingdom through me. Release your kingdom through me, Lord God. Ah, Lord, and culturally, just as embarrassed as Mary must have felt, if it takes that, embarrass us, Lord God. If some kind of order needs to change, Lord God, I pray that you'd upset the apple cart of order, Lord God, and and bring, uh, bring your power, bring destiny, Lord God. Bring the revival that you have for Chambersburg through these hands. Bring the revival you have for Pennsylvania through these hands. Use and anoint my voice. Say that to him. Use and anoint my voice, O oh God, that you could speak the words. The, the oracles of God could be spoken through my lips and tongue, Lord God. We're desperate for that, Lord God. We're tired of doing religion. We want to we wanna do kingdom, God. Release. Come on, begin to speak in the spirit. Thank you, God. 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 How many are just sensing, Lord? How many are sensing this morning? Uh, maybe you've been sensing it for a while that there's there's this there's this change coming. You you, you feel it. How, how many are sensing that? I, I'm not just talking about here. I'm talking there's there's a there's a big change coming. I want to be riding that change. I don't want to be behind it. And I certainly don't want to get in front of it. It's like a tidal wave. It'll crush you. I want to be riding it. Put me on the surfboard, Lord. I want to ride that change. Amen? So we're patiently riding the wave. Amen. Well, sit down because you can get into your wallets better that way. Have the men come quickly. Quickly.